This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tonight on Piers Morgan Uncensored, tens of thousands join an extraordinary four-mile line to pay their final respects to our late Queen. But why are MPs barging to the front? Will the Queen's death unite the kingdom, or is King Charles a catalyst for Scottish independence? We'll debate that. And as some in the American media sneer across the pond, I'll take on one pundit who says the Brits have gone bonkers this week. Live from London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Well, good evening from London and welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. We've seen the absolute best of British this week. Pomp, pageantry, history, ritual, remembrance, class, respect and, yes, queuing. We love queuing in Britain. We're the best at queuing, I would say, in the entire world. It's what sets us apart from the rabble. There are those who jostle and snarl in sweaty mobs. I've just been in France. And there are those like us Brits who politely stand in line and wait our turn. Hundreds of thousands of people are doing just that, even as I speak, to pay their final respects to our late Queen. It's a queuing masterclass. They've come from far and wide with deck chairs, flowers, sleeping bags, sandwiches and camaraderie. Some are waiting eight hours to file past the coffin and say a final personal goodbye to the only monarch most of us have ever known. And what's been striking about the faces in that queue is their diversity. Every colour, every race, every faith, every age, every class. Queen Elizabeth meant something to all of them. It's a reality check for those who think of Britain as a disunited, racist hellhole, packed with bigots and bad attitudes. There's actually a lot that's still great about this country and a lot that brings us together. And the royal family is most definitely one of those things. And so do good queues. But sadly, not for the first time, our MPs have spectacularly missed the mood. Incredibly, they've each been handed a pass so that they and four family and friends can skip the entire queue and just move to the front like a VIP express lane at the airport. But needless to say, cleaners, caterers and other workers in Parliament have been afforded no such privilege. 
There are people in that line who've literally flown in from as far as America and Australia just to be there. The MP's behaviour is rank entitlement and, frankly, a royal slap in the face to ordinary members of the public. Why do MPs think they're better than the rest of us? If you want to pay your respects, members of Parliament, well, get in line with everybody else. Well, I'm joined now by political journalist Ava Santina, Talk TV international editor Isabel Oakeshott, and former First Minister of Scotland, Alex Salmond. So welcome to all of you. Alex Salmond, <clears throat> there are lots of privileges of being an MP. I don't think skipping one of the most egalitarian queues in history, where you are all the same, should be one of the privileges afforded MPs. I think any member of parliament who took advantage of the family and friends four passes must have taken leave of their senses. Now, I mean, I'm, I was in a fortunate position. A, I'm not a member of parliament. B, B, I was able to pay my respects to St Giles Cathedral on Monday. But an MP would have to be conscious of the miles-long queue and, and even if offered the opportunity, would say, no, no, I'll either queue with my constituents or I'll pay my respects in another way. And it would reflect so well on them if they had, but we saw, I think, we've seen Theresa May in there today, Angela Rayner from the Labour Party. They're all skipping the queue from what we can make out. So you think it's wrong? Well, I, I think it's wrong, but I also think it's, it's, it's not good politics. I mean, you would have thought the, uh, an MP could have done worse than be in the queue. Right. I mean, I, think, I, mean, I saw you know, priests, ministers, lots of people in the queue helping people queuing, but also getting the opportunity to talk I just to had a, I just had a message from my old Good Morning Britain co-host, uh, Susanna Reid, into her sixth hour of queuing oh. with the British people, with her mother and a friend, and I thought, good on her. You know, Look, I have to come in here. Look, this is absolute pompous twaddle. Seriously, they are members of Parliament. The Houses of Parliament is their workplace. Why should they not take advantage of the fact that that is where why they work? Why should they not have uh, to queue up on, like the rest of the British public? Because I'll tell you why. Because, because they've got a job to the, do. Because got we a job pay to their do. salaries. So you would rather... I'll tell you they, what, we pay their salaries, literally pay their salaries. nothing to do with it. Everything would you, to do would with you it. literally prefer... Why are they, why are they somehow more important than the rest of Would you prefer that they wasted their time spending hours standing around rather than dealing with constituents? No, but they're not actually dealing with anything at the moment because Parliament isn't sitting and they've got workers in the constituency. literally done days of official parliamentary work since the start of the summer. These people have hardly done any work. Yeah. Well, well, Can I also say that the, the Queen, Her Majesty, the late Queen, wouldn't mind if somebody couldn't, because of pressure of work, queue for five hours. She honestly would not have minded. There are many ways you can pay respect. If you're able to queue for five hours, if you feel you must do it, that's a great thing to do. But you don't, you don't have to do it. Right. And let me ask you two, right, especially you, who's come out of the traps flying, yeah. because I'm led to believe you yourself have skipped this queue. This is going to be framed really badly. And so have you, This is going to be framed in a way that it didn't happen. Well, no, no, I don't mind. If you want to defend yourself... I didn't go in because I care particularly about the, the monarchy or the Queen. I went in because it's my job to cover things. That's, right. I went in to assess the mood and then come on here and talk about it and tell you okay. what I think of and it. And I am not even remotely feeling defensive about this. I think you're being absolutely You didn't queue at all, right? I think you are being absolutely ridiculous. Mm. I am a journalist. It is my job to bear witness to these things. Day in, day out, people mm -hmm. like Ava and me are on shows like this talking about the mood, talking about what's going on. How can we do that from an ivory tower? In did fact, your, you have neglected your, your duty partner, as, right. a, as a, as your, a presenter did to Did your partner, Richard Tice, a very good friend of this show and yes. a great... Uh, a pundit on here, 
Did he do what you did and skip the line? No, he didn't. He and I am up, very right? proud of him and his decision. How many hours but did he line up He is for? a politician. Um, I am a, exactly. a journalist. He is so a politician. A, so he had even more reason. He could have easily skipped him. He no, chose no, not to. Because... He's not an no, MP. No, he he's not yeah. an MP. Well, okay. He's a politician. But, but let me say... I bet he could have done exactly what you did. Let me say said, he me... would not have done that because he and I differ on this. Why do you he... think you're better than the British public? Seriously. I don't oh, think I'm better. On. I think that I've got a job to do. No, I'm not saying... Come on. I don't see... Why should the British public be queuing for eight hours in actually a lot of hardship? I've done that shit. And you, and we have a, we well, have actually that. a former first leader of, of Minister of Scotland agreeing this is a very bad optic for politicians. And you two have the brass neck to say, no, 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 we shouldn't be queuing like the public. I've been interviewing on the queue for for hours. I've put in more than an eight-hour shift over the last few days. I've been down in Westminster more than the Queen herself. Like, How can you report on something properly, Piers, if you don't take advantage of seeing it? Now, I don't think my time... You don't have to go there to see what's going on. Of course you have. What What have you seen seen that wasn't on television? What, should I not go to the food banks to see how they look in real life either? Should I just read about it it's online? Ridiculous. Like, obviously, when a big event so you happens, have, neither you of you have you any, any, any qualms about the fact that there are people there who are in their 80s and 90s. They don't have to do it. Exactly. No one has to do Nobody it. Nobody has to way, do it. You've just explained by, why you did hang it. Hang on, you've just explained why it would have been a good idea for you to go down there, because then you would know that anyone in a wheelchair does not have to do that. Because I was there, I you're actually saw how it worked. You're not in a wheelchair. Yeah, but your argument just collapsed. You're a you completely able-bodied human being. You said, why should people you're have to do that? You're perfectly fit to be queuing, and you chose not to. Piers, you, you said... You just even though your own partner is. I said that I have got other things to do in relation to my day job, which is being a journalist, which is... You don't think everybody else has other things to do? Well, they've chosen to be there. It's they've not their job to, to be there. They've chosen to prioritise well, paying respects to I, the Queen. That's not what I would Every, do with Isabel, my time. Isabel, everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone's there yeah. you know, to pay this, their respects to the Queen. Of the you just don't act, think you should have yeah. to queue. This man of the people act, Piers, I'm not buying into it. Really? One of, the, one of the few times that I've seen you socially, you were at the Arsenal match... You were in the Diamond Club. Yep. You were not slumming it with the people. You were not in the cheap seats. You were in the Diamond yeah, Club. And you know so that because you sat drop, next to me. Let's drop this. Yeah, phony I didn't avoid. Act. I didn't avoid any cues let, to the Diamond Club. Well, of course you. Of course I didn't get you did. parachuted in. You get the parachuted into the nicest bit of the I, stadium. You know what? I've I've been on the case I'm of just the MPs. Not buying into All right, this. listen. We, we, let's move on from that. But Alex, I want to talk to you about this issue which I had yesterday. Again, about MPs, I think it's ridiculous to have the party conference season now and they all go off on recess for another 26 days. The Speaker of the House, Lindsay Hoyle, has just come out and agreed with me. And he says they should cut the time of the party conferences. He'd like to see them return on Tuesday, 11th of October, rather than the following week. I'd like to see them completely cancelled. What's your view? Well, I, I, th- I think this uh, idea of coming back this in the autumn, it was, I think Robin Cook introduced it because he was worried about the long recess. This idea of coming back for a couple of weeks then go off at the party conference was always a bit daft. I'm not certain that having MPs in Parliament is is the greatest thing on earth anyway. I mean, you know, I think if they concentrate a bit more than what they were saying... No, but we all know party conference but, season is a lot of but, hot air but, and a lot of drinking, but wasn't it? Well, yeah, no, they're meant to do other things like make policy and stuff like that. But, look, I, I'm not... I, I would certainly wouldn't say you should confer- cancel the party conference season because uh, of the Queen's death. And I, I think far too much has been cancelled. And I also think the Queen would have said that. Yeah. I mean, last Saturday... They cancelled or they postponed the St Ledger. Now, anybody on this earth who believes that Her Majesty the Queen would have wanted to see the oh, St the Ledger night, postponed... The one that got me was the last night of the proms. How could you possibly not think it, that thousands of people 
singing Land of Hope and Glory and the national anthem while waving flags yeah. would not be an appropriate way to pay tribute to yes, it. Yes, I might have missed out Land of Hope and Glory, but never mind. They, <laughs> they, 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 you know, the, the whole point is you have to judge the person. Now, the day that she died, the day after she died, yes, of course. Mm. The day of the funeral. Yes, of course. Yeah. But a cancellation, I mean, I don't I agree. condemn I mean, she, people the because the people show, are trying to do their the best. The Queen was all about the show must go on. Yeah, I, I don't think she, I think she would have thought for the totally, day of the funeral, completely. I'm totally in agreement with that. Let, let's talk about... Yeah, go on. Can, no, can I just get this clear? Are they now saying they're going to come back on the 11th of October? Because, just to be clear, the Conservative Party conference ends on the 3rd or the 4th of October. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason for that gap yeah. afterwards. Why can't they just... I just don't on? think there's any... Yeah. time. The, the, Tories, the Tories have had six weeks of a leadership campaign. They don't need to yeah. carry on listening to speeches by people no. who are trying to improve their political standing. I just don't yeah. get it. I've been to these party conferences many, many times. They are a massive hoolie. Yeah, right? And right yeah. now, with the worst cost-living crisis in decades, the idea of a bunch of politicians on the lash in seaside resorts that doesn't fly for me. Can yeah. I just, full disclosure, I'm going to go to one. Of course you are! Of course you are! <laughs> you can have but, a go and you won't, and, say, yeah, and the irony is you'll actually be lining up for those parties because they have to for security reasons, yes. won't you? Yes, I'll be let's curious. Turn to, look, let's Isabel, turn... you shall not be on the lash. Let's get that clear. I will not be on the lash. Yes, you will. Um, you will. I will be on um, the lash. Alex Salmon, Scottish mm. independence. A lot mm. of people think that there was a bit of momentum uh, before you know, all this happened, and certainly that Boris Johnson was in a way almost fermenting that support. They now feel that uh, all these events in the last two weeks, new prime minister, uh, a new monarch, the death of the queen, has actually unified the United Kingdom in a way that very little has for a very long time. D do you think that the cause of Scottish independence has actually been put back by what's been going on? No, I don't. Uh, and and I, think it's, I think it's really silly for people to confuse respect for Her Majesty the Queen with political issues like Scottish independence. I mean, if you go back to an even more pertinent uh, point, the, the death of Princess Diana, which was a few days before the Scottish referendum yep. and devolution, and lots of people said, oh, my goodness, this is going to change everything. What actually happened was people spent a week paying respect to Princess Diana, and then the campaign started again, and people voted exactly as they were going to vote before Princess Diana died. So I think people, you know, hope for... People hope that this great event is going to somehow benefit When you politics. see how... Just don't do the work. All right, I mean, when, they they when, should get on with the work of their politics. But when you see how poor Brexit is going, right, this great seeding mm. of, of this great country from Europe, we're going to stand alone and conquer the world, none of that has happened so far. I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying nothing has happened so far. Nothing has happened to make me think an independent Scotland should be following the same path? Why, why would you not have qualms having seen what's happened with Brexit? Well, uh, perhaps because uh, an independent Scotland would have a much uh, deeper relationship with the rest of Europe and have been the single market and have all the things that breakfast... So you breakfast do like costs. being part of a, of a big union. You uh, just don't want to be part with the, well, with part, the English part, and the Welsh. Part of a single market, why right. not? I mean, it's about prosperity. I know, but the thing about the, the, the SNP I've always found weird is they all say that. They all say, look, we can't wait to get away from the shackles of this union, but they, they can't wait to get shackled but, but, to the Union of European Union. OK, but well, let, let's take two decisions. The Brexit you've, you've mentioned, well, obviously Scotland would have voted a different way, had a different attitude to Europe. That's a big thing. You but want... why would you rather be part well, of a European Union because, uh, than the United Kingdom? Yes, because the European Union is, is not the same as an incorporating union. The European Union is a union of states. In my view, not in some view of others, Britain was still an independent country when it was a European Union member. 
Germany is an independent country. Denmark right. is an how, independent how country. How would the border work? This is something that intrigues well, me, as we've seen what a shambles it's been. Well, we're going to rebuild Hadrian's Wall like, like Trump work? wanted Actually, to build his wall, right? I think we've got an exact analogy for the border now in the position of Northern Ireland. Uh, I mean, that's going really well, well, isn't well it? Actually, Northern Ireland has just recorded its best economic performance since statistics began. Why? Because it's part right, of the but single but market. In a skillful political way, you are ignoring the question. Where do you put the border? Well, well, How do you separate yourselves well, from the well, that's why terrible hordes of the English? Right, OK, the, the, there's no people border because that's the, the free travel area that was established. You put a wall up? No, that was established in the 1920s, even before you and I were born, mm. Piers. Uh, but, but, you know, in terms of checking goods, that's what's being done in Northern Ireland at the present moment. The goods are checked. Well, Northern Ireland is a complete mess. Hey, no, but... it's, no, it's not a mess. That's the point. You know, it is a mess. Politically, Johnson didn't like it. Why don't they like it? Because it's being successful. Economically, Northern Ireland, let me say again, has its best relative performance mm -hmm. to the rest of the UK since records right, began. So, Ava, you're nodding. So, do you, do you agree? Yeah. Do you think Scott, the yeah, UK please. should break up? I don't think that the UK should break up, but I think it's farcical that we pulled Scotland out of the EU and we pulled them out of the single market. I think that's absolutely mad. It's, it's, not, it's not a silly point. It's quite an obvious point, isn't it? Well, the it's not really, because we are is, all part of the United Kingdom. Because, because you, you yeah, but why is it mad to be that the UK operates look, as one entity? Because, that's not mad. Because that's it's not the whole working. point of the United Kingdom because, because you've got devolved powers that are being forced into yes, damaging we themselves the economically. Kingdom, and because as, of a few bright ideas right. by some, some think tanks on Tufton Street. Okay, for the most recent YouGov polls, there's a 55% of Scots would vote to remain in the UK. We are the United Kingdom. The last referendum failed. Right. Yeah. So, so I don't see why, why should then. Scotland have its own say on, for example, Brexit? Why should they? Because it's, it's failing them. There are lots of things because the Scottish done, don't agree with English about. We've done the Scottish we really the dirty Kingdom. on. We've, we've done them so dirty. I really the don't think we so. Have, we promised think... all those fishermen that they were going to have, you know, trawlers full of fish, they were going to have, you know, massive success, and they have been obliterated by Brexit. So it's totally fair to give them another say. All right. Let's take a break. Let's have a little, little chill pill. <laughs> Uh, we're going to come back with more of my pack. Uh, mourners still queuing through the night. Amazing scenes, actually, in London. Uh, to we Brits, it makes perfect sense, all this queuing. Across the pond, they think we've completely lost our minds. I'll explain the notion of good old-fashioned British respect for one American pundit. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Ava Santina, Isabel Oakshaw, Alex Salmon are all here. My, my very lively pack this evening. Uh, quite rebellious, actually. We might have to <laughs> put them back in their box in a moment. Uh, I want to talk to you about... Uh, well, this is a great clip, actually, because I've been wondering about these guards who've been guarding the Queen's coffin and obviously putting it in and out of hearses and then standing guard. It's a long time to stand in often quite warm conditions. And we had this guard who collapsed yesterday, actually fainted, and um, face-planted, just straight down. Mm. We can see that again, but it was really... Let's just see that again, um, just so you can see exactly what happens. He's, he's there, bang! I mean, that is a real... And then what was bizarre was they, they put him back up and then he carried on standing there for a little bit, clearly completely out of it, until eventually they realised it wasn't a good idea. Um, the show could definitely not go on. I f really feel for him. It must be difficult, you know, to, to have that happen. We've seen it happen in a few public things before. Um, and I just wanted to show that. Let's turn to a more contentious issue. Harry and Meghan. I don't like to keep talking about these two, but for some reason they always yeah, pop you up. Do, you do. I, I don't really. I find them very irritating. But 
Uh, today, it's reported they're furious because their children, Archie and Lilibet, are to be denied royal titles. This is because Harry's no longer a working royal and nor's uh, the mother, Meghan. What do you think of this, Alex? I mean, should, should they be... uh, it's complete rubbish, of course. I mean, the, the idea that young Archie, who I think is three-year-old, is uh, you know, going to the nursery in Los Angeles and saying, this is awful, I can't go, I'm only a prince, mm. I'm not his royal highness prince, mm. it's ludicrous. But don't they want... Having the... said that, yeah. I'm just a wee bit suspicious, you see, but you're always on Meghan's back. And I, I read today... Well, actually, and his. Well, I don't really both, differentiate. The, 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 the both of them. Uh, but you know, I read that they are objecting furiously, etc. I'm kind of suspicious. I'm not sure that no, no, I, Daily Express and the Sun yeah. know that they're objecting. Although furiously. we do know, we do know from the Oprah interview that they were furious in that about this potential <laughs> issue of the titles. My view is we had the debate about the uniform. I thought if Andrew is going to be allowed to wear one at one event, Harry should be allowed to wear his. However, on the titles, you can't have your royal cake and eat it, can you, Isabel? I'm... I mean, if you leave Britain and royal duty then your kids don't get to be HRH. Sorry. I think they're extremely lucky that their children are going to be prince and princess. Right. I was quite surprised to read that. And I don't know whether that's because you can't take that away. Is it impossible to take it away? But I think that they should be extremely grateful that they've got that and just... Ava, you're groaning. Why are you groaning? It's just so boring. <laughs> I just really don't care. I think they've gone off and they're, they're living quite happily. I don't think they care at all about this title nonsense. Oh, of course really? they do. Why would they tell Oprah Winfrey they, they care? care? Of course they care. All. They, and well, they, they told, care. literally told off. Oprah Winfrey nah, they care. They're, they're off in California, they're having a really nice time. She's looking really fit, might I say. She's looking probably the best she's ever looked. That well, must she's drive, certainly not going to worry about who hate her wild, just how nice she looks. I don't think they care. I think they, we, you know, maybe if it's something to do with getting royal protection, then I still think we should pay for that because they are really, you know, open to being harmed. Let's turn from two people who've been spectacularly class-less in the last couple of years to someone who I, I think... you meant us too, Not you two, not you two. <laughs> You've had a wobble tonight, but we'll get you back on track. Um, let's turn to someone who I think is the epitome of class, who just announced his retirement from tennis, Roger Federer. Greatest of all time, Alex? Well, I have to say Andy Murray, obviously. Well, of course, of course. Of course. Uh, um, but in terms of male players, I mean, a good argument for the, the Williams uh, sisters as uh, female players, but as male players... Federer, yeah. I mean, Federer, I, I was fortunate enough to, to watch him win Wimbledon twice, and mm. the backhand is just a, a thing of beauty. Be, but also his whole demeanour. I just like everybody, the way... Everybody, everybody... I, th I like the way he is, Federer. Me you look too. at someone like yeah. Kyrgios, screaming and ranting and shouting There's and no being a bad boy. are they? I like, I like him as well. <laughs> well, yeah, look, they're, they're good to watch the bad boys, aren't they? Like McEnroe stuff. Yeah, but there's exactly. something about Federer, which is the epitome of class, I think. He's a really good role model, and maybe that's a bit boring. I don't know. But, you know, they've got this huge charitable foundation, don't they? They, they He doesn't do any of the theatrics, any of the ridiculous faces, any of the attention-seeking. He just plays tennis brilliantly, and that's his job. Uh, it was a very nice uh, tribute to him from Rafa Nadal, his great rival, wishing him all the very best for retirement. Do you have any thoughts? I know you know nothing about no, tennis. cracking Other than you get calves, lots of champagne when you go and watch it. <laughs> cracking calves? Cracking calves. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know about him. <laughs> Alex Salmon, are you going to the funeral on Monday? Or? Well, I haven't received an invitation. If I if I if I get one, I'll go. But although, to be fair, I'm I was at the service at St Giles, mm. and so, and uh, you know, so the, I was able to pay my respects there. Underlying all this, when we get back to relative normality on Tuesday, we're facing this unbelievable economic crisis. Mm. Quasi Quarto, the Chancellor is reported to what one of the first things that he does to solve this problem is to re remove caps on bankers' bonuses. I've got to say, when I read that, I was like, are you reading the room? 
You think that people in this country right now, quasi quarting, the one thing they want in a cost of living Armageddon is let's give bankers more money. You know, quasi is a rich guy. The previous two chancellors were richer than him. Right. He's the, the poorest chancellor out of the last three because he's ex. Do you not think it's bad politics he's ex, look, again? He's ex Chase Morgan. He's, he's a of course. very vulnerable point. I mean, because you know, he's obviously favouring his, his old pals. He doesn't have the mindset but of this... a banker. Look, I know him really well. That is not how he thinks. This is about... Well, maybe you shouldn't this have worked This is about Martin, setting then. out... Why don't you go what? out in the street, Isabel? If you're about to start defending this, go out in the street and ask the first 100 people you meet, should bankers get a new uncapped bonus yeah, I, I, as part I, of our way of tackling the cost of the living crisis. I wouldn't be setting policy according to some vox pop on the street in the queue. Oh, but know, it's not vox pop, though, is it? It's, it's, just, it's just having your ear slightly to the ground, isn't it? I mean, it's just being a bit aware. Like, they, they get paid. At, right now, it's 200% of their base pay. That's their bonus. I really don't Do you know care. How mad that is? A bit like you with there Megan. I don't care. I no, want but there are children going to school. Ask. Sorry, there are children going to school at the moment who can't qualify for free school meals. There's worry on Monday that when the schools close, Children it. will go hungry because they can't get their free school it is meal. And we're to do going with to bankers. Yeah, bonus. It actually is. And the, the other thing, I mean, we've had two things from this government so far under Liz Truss. One is that the bankers will have uncapped bonuses, Good. so they're going to get richer. Good. All right, so you want, you want bankers Mental. to be richer as the Mental. people actually get poorer. Doesn't, Fine. Those two things are not... And secondly, not energy doing, companies should have no windfall tax because why should their profits be stemmed as people literally can't heat do, their do homes? Do you know what, Piers? I've got really bad news for you. This is just the beginning of what this government is going to do. You watch, they are going to do an why awful lot more. Why are you saying that proudly? They won't last yeah. long. Because... Right, exactly. They, they won't. won't. I mean, look, I, I'm uh, an oil economist by profession who worked for a bank. You should definitely not uncap bankers' bonuses and you should definitely have a, a windfall tax. Well, well, I'll give you the serious economic reason. That one factor, not the only one, but one factor behind the crash of 2009-10 mm. was risk-taking in the financial sector. It wasn't that risk, No, no, yes, it was. Which risk-taking was, was encouraged was by uncapped to bonuses. bonuses. That's why it was brought in as a bill. Rich uh, people right now don't need to get richer. Mm. They don't. Rich That's not the priority. Yeah. The priority are food banks and kids who can't afford their school meals. I would not say whether the bankers are going to make 10 million or 20 million. And then not even wealth pay tax creation there. and a rising tide lifts all boots. Well, this trust is going to cut all the taxes, apparently. Good. It's Good. not going to work, is it? Well, hammer, I tell you what, hammering people on tax doesn't create more revenue. You do realise that even though if they carry on with this attitude, I think, they are going to get one of the mother of all shellackings at the election. I agree, I agree. But, so why would you, you know, encourage because, it? Because it isn't about winning the election, it's about right. doing the right thing. Uh, Isabel, not only do I know what the Laffer curve is, I, I met Art Laffer and I can tell you the Laffer curve does not apply to bankers' bonuses. Uh, we're talking uh, about the, income tax, is what one, we were talking uh, about. At that how point. can you possibly cut income tax right now? I'm not, I'm not cutting income tax right, right now, but so I'll tell you... So what taxes will she cut? I imagine that they will go down the route of that. Later on, they will probably cut top rate of tax because Mental. it doesn't actually generate anything. All it you does know, is send out the You know what message. they should do? She keeps pretending... Way, I don't she keeps this. Pretending I'm just this, saying well, they will probably do that. Liz keeps pretending to be the new Maggie Thatcher. She should go and study what Maggie Thatcher did when she came yes. to power. She inherited a very bad economy... And she put up some taxation. Yeah, and had a, she then tax on and had a windfall tax <laughs> on, on oil companies. companies. And then when she stabilised the economy, then she cut income tax and other taxes. That's what the great heroine of the Conservative Party did. And this version the Tory Party doesn't seem to know her history. Anyway, yeah. thank you to my pack. Great to see you all. Such lively <laughs> form, I appreciate it. Well, coming up, the UK is in a period of profound national mourning. But across the pond in America, 
Many of them think we've lost the plot. We'll debate that next with this gentleman who thinks we've all gone mad. And Anne Coulter, who surprisingly is racing to the Brits' rescue. <laughs> this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome back. Well, in the last few moments, it's been revealed that Prince Harry will be allowed to wear military uniform alongside seven of the Queen's grandchildren for special memorial service on Saturday. Palace officials intervened after he'd been banned from wearing his uniform, although his uncle, the disgraced Duke of York, Prince Andrew, had been given special dispensation by his brother, the King, King Charles III, of course, to wear one at one of the events. This is a victory for common sense. It's also exactly, of course, what we've been saying on this programme, what I wrote in my column for The Sun. It seemed completely irrational for me that Andrew, who has committed, in my opinion, far worse offences in terms of diminishing the monarchy's reputation than Prince Harry, that he should be allowed to wear his military uniform. Um, we've been joined by uh, Ant Middleton, British war hero, former star of, of uh, SAS on Channel 4. It was way better when you were doing it, by the way. Um, <laughs> I agree. I just, agree. We've got you on to defend our country against the American uh, media that we're going to be <laughs> uh, doing in a moment. What is your view about this uniform issue? With Harry. Because, obviously, just to be clear, if you are a veteran and you're not a serving member of the armed forces, you don't traditionally wear a uniform, no. right? It's only serving yeah. members of the military. But the royals obviously have honorary positions, and as such, that's why they're allowed to wear them. Yeah. Edward quit the Marines, but he gets to Absolutely. wear one because he's... And so on. The problem, it seemed here, was they made an exception for Andrew to wear his at one of the events. And I felt you couldn't possibly do that and not let Harry do the same. Andrew, it's controversial. You know, I don't really want to get into that debate because we all know, you know, our feelings and thoughts on that. But Harry, Harry served. You know, he was he was one of the lads. Yeah. You know, he was 
heavily connected to the special forces. He actually presented me with my beret and belt when I got badge. Did he? Yeah, so I got badge, went to Paul, and himself and uh, Prince were Prince Harry and Prince William were there, right. and they presented me with my beret and belt. And he was known to be one of the lads, and he served. He's been out to Afghanistan. He served so rightly so. He should be allowed to wear his uniform. I have no problems with that. No matter what you think about him. You know, he deserves I don't that think honor. you can take away... That you, you cannot begrudge him full yeah. respect for his military service. No. He did two tours of Afghanistan, and I would never begrudge him that at all. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've got other issues with him, but that's nothing to do with his <laughs> military service, which, which was beyond reproach. Um, stay with me, Ant, because yeah. we've got to get into this big debate that's raging over across the pond. Here, of course, we've been in national mourning. The queue to see mm -hmm. the body of the late Queen is 4.9 miles long stretching from Westminster Hall to well beyond Tower Bridge. If you join the line now, it'll take eight hours to reach the front. And, of course, his outpouring of patriotic fervour is not unexpected here in Britain. Neither is the side of the Royal Guards marching beside a coffin bedecked by the crown jewels perched atop a velvet cushion. This is what we do. But does the pomp and pageantry burnish Britain's image as a nation of history and finesse? Or, as some people across the pond in America think, have we all gone slightly mad? Is it just pomp and pageantry hysteria. More political commentator and columnist Michael Luciano and journalist and author Anne Coulter join me from America, and I've obviously got the star... Well, as he was the, he's the former star, but he was, to me, the star of SAS Who Dares Wins, <laughs> when it was a show worth watching. I do the Australian show now, so there we go. Yes, and, it, and it's <laughs> excellent because you're on it. Um, all right, Michael Luciano, you're a columnist over in America and you think we've all lost our minds. Why? Well, it's the year 2022, and you all still have a monarchy up there. It does not have the kind of political clout that it used to, which in a way makes it even weirder because it's, they serve, the royal family serves no real actual function, and yet you just kind of keep them around. Um, but so I would say, like, here in America, we've lost our minds even more because I understand all of the coverage of the Queen's death and the ascension of Charles. I get that from a UK perspective, but we here in the United States, for some reason, are also all in on the coverage of the royal family. And well, I think all it's. I think stuff. look, so, I think it's it's buyer's remorse for getting rid of George the Third, isn't it? You know, you wish you'd never done that. You've had a series. Well, Piers, of, let's be honest. Thing. You've had Piers, you've had a lot of presidents, some of whom were great and some of whom were complete turkeys. And each time you get a turkey, you think, you know totally, what? Totally, maybe we Piers, should have, maybe we should have had George the Third and his bloodline and just carried on. You might have had King Piers by now if you played your cards right. Yeah, no, the whole reason we fought the revolution is so we wouldn't have to care about any of this stuff, and yet we're still caring about it, and the media is in total overdrive. George Washington is rolling over in his grave. In a way, I guess, is point. Kind of Look, I, I can understand why some Americans don't get the concept of a monarchy. What I find really objectionable is what some American academics have been saying. So there's this woman called Uju Anya, uh, she's actually an academic uh, at Carnegie Mellon. She, she teaches people, this woman. And she tweeted this. I heard the chief monarch of a thieving, raping, genocidal empire is finally dying. May her pain be excruciating. This woman is an assistant professor teaching people. Uh, another assistant professor in Rhode Island tweeted she would dance on the graves of every member of the royal family, especially hers, about the Queen. Now, Michael, this to me crosses a line. And I would feel the same if anyone in Britain said this about a president who just died. What is wrong with these people? 
Well, you know, some people just have had different experiences with the Queen and the House of Windsor more broadly, going back to, uh, you know, a few centuries. So I can't really speak to the experiences that they have had uh, and their families and their ancestors have had with the British monarchy. It is not something I would have tweeted, but I am not going to pass judgment. Really? You're not going to pass judgment? You're not going to say that you condemn yeah, that? You, I, don't, you, you, think it's, you think it's not worthy of c condemnation that somebody who teaches wait, I, students I in America I don't even know. says she wishes the Queen died of, of excruciating pain? Why wouldn't you condemn that? Yeah. It's not something I would have said. It's not great. I don't know who that person is. I don't know right. what kind of clout it's, it's they absolutely, have. Look, it's disgusting. Let's bring in Ann Coulter. And I think you like the pomp and pageantry of all the royals. I mean, so many Americans I know love it. They've been as obsessing about all this as we have. What's your view? Um, well, I'm not quite an obsessive, but uh, in response to, to Michael's point, I belong to an organization that celebrates my many, many ancestors to, who fought in the revolution that ended our connection to the monarchy. Yet and still, I don't want a monarchy here. Very proud of those, of those ancestors of mine. Um, but this is a country that was, did live under the monarchy for 176 years. I love the monarchy, not an obsessive. Um, it costs less for Britain to have the monarchy than our national endowment of the arts and national endowment of the humanities. And I think you guys get a lot more out of the monarchy. I mean, the things they provide, I don't think it would be fun at all to be within the royalty. And I would recommend um, the wonderful movie Roman Holiday, which is a great movie, but really, really makes that point. It's a lot of work. They can't just, you know, poor Kate can't, can never wear like a cut-off jean skirt and a crop top. Mm. <laughs> she can't dress up all preppy. She has to look elegant and beautiful at all times. And she does. They all do. They are so elegant. They are role models. But I don't even think it would be a fun life. And they do it. And wow, do the tourists like it. And I really enjoyed the um, ceremony that was going on this past weekend. Um, they kept cutting it away from it on MSNBC to talk about, you know, the evil history of colonialism. I would also add that the world was never so good as when the sun never set on the British well, Empire. Also, the whole, point of, still, the whole point about this colonial issue, let's bring it out Middleton again, the whole point sure. which a lot of Americans who are being severely critical of this queen, don't seem to understand, is that she took us out of this. Mm. You know, she was the one that helped preside over bringing us out of the empire, decolonized a lot of the, you know, the colonization. She should be applauded for this, not castigated and blamed for the sins of the past. And that's what's ingrained in our DNA, that's what's ingrained in our blood is where we are today. A lot of people want to go back a couple of centuries, and if, if that didn't happen in a couple of centuries today, we wouldn't have the most open and welcoming society as we have today. You know, when the, you see this the Queen woman, is our when grandmother. You, when you she see was this, our grandmother. When you see this academic who's teaching people, mm -hmm. saying that she hopes that the Queen's pain was excruciating... It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And how she, how she ever thought that that was acceptable disgusting in the first place. Disgusting to say about anybody. About anybody, let alone, right? let alone a 96-year-old respectable uh, young lady mm -hmm. like the Queen. Um, how they get away with it is, is beyond me. It's a good job she's in America, not in the UK. That's all I can say. I just find it, it it's, it's a kind of repellent behaviour. And she's of classic kind of woke academic. Um, let me bring back uh, Michael here. Michael, is there any part of, of 
all this, which you can look at and wish you'd had a bit of this in America? No. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Because I, I, I tell you why, I think, yeah. what, what, what we feel here, and I've had this chat with American friends, what we feel is that the difference between your system and us, we obviously have a, a democratic system of electing prime ministers and governments in the same way that you do with, with presidents. It's the same kind of thing. But the point of the monarchy, if there is such a, a, a point, and you could simplify it, would be that we have this continuity above the democratic process. These are unelected people. Yes, it's hereditary, but they all understand what their job is. And their job is to act as kind of comforter-in-chief to the country in, in, in bad times. And they do it when they do it well, incredibly well. This queen brought huge comfort and solace to this country for 70 years. And it's that part of it, I wonder whether, even if you don't agree with the idea of a monarchy, do you not sometimes wish that you had in America this kind of non-partisan, non-controversial family over the top of the politicians? No. I have an innate aversion to hereditary aristocracy. I think the Brits, as well as the Americans, are hard-nosed enough to be able to do without such a, an aristocracy. And, you know, frankly, I regard the royal family as I regard the Kardashians here. I mean, what? they are famous for being famous. They're very wealthy. They, there are too many of them, and I try to avoid all mentions of them as much as humanly possible. I mean, you did, just as a country, your, your immediate uh, prior president was a TV star. Reality TV star. <laughs> yes, and I did With not you. like that at all. <laughs> right. I did not like that at all. So, I mean, your own democratic process is not now. exactly foolproof, is it? <laughs> no, it isn't, but, you know, at least the, we didn't elect the Kardashians. I'm not sure we did much better with Trump, but... No, I, no, there's, there's... Listen, I mean, the best thing Charles could do is to end the monarchy, and he would be, hands down, oh, my favourite monarch. Right, well, that's never going to happen. And Coulter... <laughs> Um, Could I say, I think the Kardashian point actually makes your point, Piers. Um, he's right. I mean, what, that's our royalty? These utterly yeah. tacky, disgusting people? You have a beautiful monarchy. I think you do make a very good point about having a nonpartisan head of the country, though I agree with, I'm sorry, is it Michael or Matt? Yeah, Michael, yeah. <laughs> OK, I agree with Michael that I don't want a monarchy here, but, you know, I don't want bullfighting here. I do want it in Spain. It's part of, of what Britain is. Um, and I think the colonies all owe Britain for the wonderful things Britain did to them, bringing indoor plumbing and railroads and educational institutions and ending hideous practices like throwing the widow on the funeral pyre, getting the resources out, creating wealthy countries out of just third world hell holes. Oh, no, 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 no. The reparations should be going back to Britain. Do you know what? Maybe you should come over here and be a defender of Britain as your new full-time job. <laughs> I would like to. Could I also say something I really like about um, King Charles that I don't think gets mentioned enough? Um, I mean, OK, global warming, blah, blah, blah. I wish he'd drop that. There are enough people cover covering global warming. We don't need him doing it. But one of the things I really, really, really strongly support, and especially having just 
recently been in London again, um, is his opposition to crap architecture and wanting to preserve the beautiful buildings and restore old buildings. London is such a beautiful city. I think it's the most beautiful city in the world. And you're going along seeing these, these old, gorgeous buildings. And there are some modern buildings that are cool and nice, but most of them are just pieces of crap that get thrown up. And <laughs> he gets very little credit for that. He has excellent taste. Um, I wish he would really hit that hard as king and yeah. save London from ugly architecture. <laughs> I never thought I'd say these words, but Britain salutes you, Anne Coulter. Thank you very much indeed <laughs> for your support. Let's play Thank a little you. bit of the anthem in, in tribute to Anne Coulter there. And just for Michael, just to annoy him. <laughs> there he is. He's, lo he's loving it, really. Like. He's feeling the stirring of his soul. There he is. And by the way, I would stand as well for the American national anthem. Absolutely. Uh, because when I'm in America and, that, and it's played there, because I believe you have a great system too. Michael, I appreciate you joining me. Anne Coulter, thank you very much for joining me. And you're going to stay with me. We're going to debate whether bearskins, the hats that are, all of our great guards are wearing, should they be allowed to do it anymore? Or should they be banned? We'll have that debate with someone from PETA, the animal rights organisation, who, of course, are permanently furious about absolutely everything. Uh, so we'll have that conversation in a moment. Three cheers for His Majesty the King. Hip, hip. Hooray! Hip, hip. Hooray! Hip, hip. Welcome back. The towering fur hats of the King's Guards are iconic and historic, but there's a catch. They're made with real bear fur. Animal rights charity Peter wants them banned. Joining me now is Jennifer White, spokesperson for the charity, and at Middleton. All right, Jennifer, you and I have locked horns before about a number of issues. Um, why do you want these banned? Well, it's simply inexcusable that the Ministry of Defence is continuing to wage this war on black bears, um, especially when it takes one bear to make one cap and a viable faux fur alternative exists. And we know in Canada these bears are mercilessly gunned down by hunters for fun and then their pelts are sold to fur auction houses. Um, and a lot of the bears, when they are shot, they escape injured and then they're left to bleed to death slowly or starve to death. Is there a good enough alternative there to replace absolutely is, the and real I, fur? There is, and I wish I could have brought it in. Because we've got one of the actual ones here, right? So yes. is there one that looks and feels exactly the same? Yes, the cap which has been designed by EcoPel, which is a luxury faux furrier. It has passed all of the requirements needed. Um, it's durable, it's waterproof, the fur is the exact The MOD length. say that when it gets wet, they're not good enough. Well, the MOD has yet to actually meet with Peter and EcoPel to discuss this in person. We are Ricky Gervais supports you, doesn't he? Yes. On this issue. A lot of lovely celebrities. And Milton. I don't like animal cruelty. No, I don't think 100%. you like animal cruelty. Absolutely. Some of the stats here, I mean, in uh, a five-year period, the MOD bought uh, 891 caps for the Queen's Guard, which Peter had estimated took 1,000 bears to die in the process. Is it time? I mean, given Charles's, you know, views about the environment and everything else, is it time we considered fake versions of this? 
I'm against animal cruelty, as, as any normal person should be, but I'm not against culling and population control. You know, whether that's deer, whether that's bears, well, you know, I don't know how the process works, but if there's a culling process and the tradition is the bear skin, you know, they're on postcards, they're a part of our culture. But they wouldn't look any heritage. different, is the point. Um, well, if they wouldn't look any different, then there's an argument there. Of course there is, you know, and there's mm. always a way forward. But um, See, I get realistic. a bit sick of, of people trying to change our tradition. No, I agree with skin, well, If they were trying skin. to get rid of them wearing anything that looked like this, I'd understand it. I've got to say, my natural instinct, Jennifer, with you normally is to completely disagree with everything you say. Uh, I'm slightly torn on this. Well, I mean, Because, that's, uh, it, it really, to me, it all comes down to if they can actually create something which looks and feels the same, why would you need to kill a well, bear? Well, that's the thing, yeah. and we have created something that looks absolutely indistinguishable and that's what we need to remember it's the the look of the caps that are iconic but it's not what they're made from and it actually just falls out of favor with modern britain like 95 percent of british people wouldn't wear fur you know her the mod does king. say that a faux fair alternative to bearskin cap is available to any guard who conscientiously objects to wearing fur i don't know how many have actually objected and do wear the, the faux fur but i gotta say jennifer i find myself in a very unusual position well, I think you might have a point. Oh and I'd be interested, I'm interested to know what the yeah. guards themselves feel, they... mm -hmm. whether they feel passionately it should be real or not. Well, or whether some of them are already wearing the faux one. Well, also, just to quickly interject, the bears are also not culled. Um, you know, these are Which licensed... is the point you raised. Yeah, yeah these are licensed hunts, which is just when hunters pay to get well, tags. All right, so we're, 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 we're running out of time. I'm going to go find out whether half of what you're saying is correct. But if it is, I might be on your side on this. Matt Middleton, great to see you. Good to see you. Really well. miss you on this show, but you're killing it ever since. Great to see you both. That's it from me. I'm back on Monday at 8 p.m. with an extended two-hour edition of the show, reflecting on Quinn's funeral, and I'll be co-anchoring the funeral for Fox.